The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Cult for the Culture podcast are solely those of the individuals involved. The content presented is not a substitute for seeking or seeing a licensed mental health professional. Know what's up next, know what's up next. Healthy pleasure with it, coping for the culture. Better tune in, better tune in. Big sis, get him, big sis, get him. Coping for the culture, coping for the culture, coping. Hey y'all, welcome to the Cult for the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Renee, the culture's advocate. On this show, we have solo and interview-based episodes with individuals from different walks of life who are dedicated to being the change within the culture as it relates to various topics and their effect on the world of mental health. Today is a solo dolo episode, y'all, just me and you. I hope everybody is doing well from wherever they are tuning in this morning or whenever you are choosing to listen to the episode today. I hope you are doing okay. I know, whoo. We are coming up, not coming up, we have come up on a year of being in quarantine, an entire year, which is wild to think about because when this all started happening, I don't think any of us anticipated wrapping around a whole year, like a full 365 days and we're still in quarantine. Now, I'm not complaining about being at home because I have thoroughly enjoyed the break from the everyday hustle and bustle of being in the office and just to have time for myself. I've enjoyed getting to know and just feeling more comfortable in my new house, which I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity had we not been in quarantine, but it's still just mind blowing and baffling to me to think, oh my God, here we are a whole year later in the house. How are y'all doing with this? How are y'all doing with this? I don't think it was until this year, and I, I don't know what everybody else's journey to self-awareness has looked like during the time of quarantine, but mine was a lot. And when I say a lot, I do mean a lot. <laughs> but within that, I think i finally come to terms with the fact that the change in season does affect my mood. And for a long time, I didn't think this, or I, I, I won't say that I didn't think it. I'll say that I didn't pay much attention to it. Because it wasn't until this year, with me being in the house full time, for me to realize how it feels. And I don't know if it's just this year because we're in quarantine and we didn't have many options to get outside of the house. I mean, restaurants and stuff are open, which is primarily what I've done. But it's not, the full world isn't open to what we're, to the capacity in which we're used to it being open. So I'm wondering if it's that that's brought me to the realization or if it's just like, yeah, no, this has been going on. Quarantine just heightened it for you. And I don't know what everybody else's testimony is, but that's mine. Like, I've never really liked the wintertime. Uh, I hate the cold. It's not fun to me at all. Like, I, I hate the cold. Um, and now living life post-diagnosis, I truly, truly, truly hate the cold because it makes my body feel like I'm about to shut down and I'm not even being funny. (laughs) Like it just, it does. So I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I truly enjoyed in winter is the fashion and my birthday because my birthday is in February, which just passed last month. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. And I don't even know where I'm going with this tangent. So I think I'm going to get off of it for a second. It just really dawned on me. And I didn't know if that dawned on anybody else or how other people were feeling. I guess this is my version of a mental health check-in. I typically do this on my page on Instagram, but I haven't done it in a while. And to be honest, y'all, I have not been keeping up with the cult page like I could be. Like I'm I'm running the Cult for the Culture podcast. I'm running the Flotuous Soul, which is my yoga park, uh, not podcast, my yoga Instagram page. I'm running that. Then we have Healthy Pleasures, which is the nonprofit page. And y'all, it's a lot. I'm to the point where I'm like, ooh, who wants to be an intern for me? Because I could definitely use the help, okay? Last week's episode was about the independent woman, and this independent woman right here needs help. (laughs) I need help. I'm going to say that out loud. If anybody is looking to learn more about the podcast game or just wants to help or learn something new, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but what I am saying is I think it's getting to the point where I can't operate this shit by myself. And that's just that on that. So with that being said, you know, we're wrapping up season three. We only have a few more episodes to go. And I'm wondering if for season four, if I'm going to take more of a break so that I can really figure out the logistics for that season and what I want to do to move forward to continue so I don't experience the burnout and the stress because I genuinely love coming up here to talk to you guys but when it comes to the editing and the content creation and all of this other stuff it it starts to get overwhelming at times and this is not me complaining by any means because like I said I genuinely do enjoy it however there are times where I'm like you know what I can pack this whole thing up and hit the road see you later (laughs) don't come back no more no more no more no more (sighs) anyway y'all let me get off my tangent. I hope, I hope y'all are doing okay. I hope I didn't just send y'all down uh, a spiral as I am doing myself. Okay. So let's, let's get into today. So I want to start with the self-care check-in because this is something I have been thinking a lot about and I really just wanted to highlight it today for the self-care check-in. Because I know that everybody doesn't operate in the same level of awareness that I do. And I'm not saying that in a way that I feel like I'm better than anyone or that I'm on a higher playing field because I don't think either of those things. I just know over time that I've developed a heightened awareness of myself. And because I've developed that heightened awareness, I've noticed the narrative that I have been selling myself for so long. And the narrative is not good. It's not good at all. And I know I'm not the only person because we all have a brain. We all have thoughts, which means that we all have the power to create a narrative that is not true. And at some point in our lives, we have done that, whether it was for survival, whether it was a trauma response, whether it was to help you get through a certain situation, whatever the case may be, we have sold ourselves either a dream or a narrative that is not true and that hinders us to this day. So the self-care check-in today that I encourage you all to do is to challenge the negative narrative you have created for yourself. I'll say that again. Challenge the negative, challenge the negative narrative you have created for yourself. And I'll apologize in advance if I sound nasal today. In my in my mind, like as I'm talking, it sounds nasal to me. I don't know what's going on. The seasons are changing, so it's most likely my allergies. So excuse me in advance for the nasal 
the nasal sound. I don't like it very much. That's why I'm pointing it out. <laughs> anyway, so yes, the negative narrative you have created for yourself, one, 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 you are not the negative things that you think. Like if you really took the time to sit down and observe your thoughts, and I mean in a heightened thought pattern, like you're just ruminating and you're thinking and the thoughts are coming fast and they're just going, 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 going. I really want you to sit there and pay attention to the things that you say to yourself. I will be the first to admit, if I saw me on the street, I might want to fight me. Because why am I saying the things that I say to myself? And I know that other people feel the same way too. One, just in the work that I do, I see it every day. Two, I see it every day in myself. And three, I know other people who exist in this plane that I love dearly. So when I develop heightened awareness and think of things, I always bring it to the show because what else is the show for, right? If not to help push someone else forward, if not to give somebody a thought or perspective that maybe they haven't considered. And that thought and perspective today is what you told yourself is not true. And you really have to work on challenging that negative narrative. You have to, otherwise it will take you down. Think about when you're stressed and when things just feel like they're falling apart and you're trying your best to keep it together, but that voice in the back of your head will not leave you alone. And when I say the voice in the back of your head, I mean your voice in the back of your head. It will not leave you alone. And I say that almost with caution just now because... I remember having a conversation, I think this was last year, right before we got out of the office, but there have been some, there, something came up about everybody's like mental capacity as far as how their mind operates. So for example, I can hear my own voice when I think, like when I think I'm thinking as if I'm talking, that's what I hear. But I've also heard from other people that when they think they don't necessarily hear themselves think, like they don't hear their voice but they may see images or pictures or things like that. So I know that everybody doesn't exist in that same mental space. So I will say that. However, whatever that you hear, whatever you see, whatever you imagine in your brain, I want you to start checking yourself when that happens. Ask yourself, is this true? I love to say to myself, where are the receipts, sis? Who gave you this information? What are the facts? Are there any facts? And when you do it like that and you sit back, you be like, girl, you done made that whole thing up. You made up that whole situation by yourself. You know that? And it sounds comical right now while I'm talking about it, but that's that's how it goes. We, we get a thought, we have an experience, and we feel like that experience determines the rest of our life or the rest of our existence and I know how trauma works so I understand why it does that but it really keeps us in a place of being stuck and when we can't get past that negative narrative we can't grow to the next level of where we're supposed to go and I know I've talked a lot on this show about growth and self-awareness and healing and being cognizant of your healing process and also being active in the process and not letting that process pass you by. You have to walk through your journey. You have to walk through the experiences. We can't sit on the sidelines and expect things to change if we're not being active in the change. And a part of being active in the change is to sit back and recognize that there are some things that you have sold yourself that are not true. 
and that is okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a wrong person. It just means that at some point, some experience shaped your viewpoint. And that is the viewpoint that you have adopted. But just like everything else, you have the ability to change your mind. Yes, even about yourself. You don't have to be the same person. You don't have to exist in the same space. And if there is anyone around you making you feel like you have to remain an old version of yourself to feel comfortable for them, then you already know the rest. That's not your person. Those aren't your people. The people around you who are genuinely for you are going to challenge you. They're going to challenge you to be better and not be better in the sense that there is something wrong with you, but be better in the sense that you can go to the next level of who you're supposed to be. We were never meant to remain stagnant, to stay in the same space, to have the consistent reality that we have. That was not what it was supposed to be. We're here to learn something. I don't know what the message is. I don't know where all the answers come from, but I do know that we're here to do something. Even if that something is to reach the highest potential of yourself that you can reach, not in a materialistic way, not necessarily in a success way, not necessarily in a wealth way, but within yourself. You feel what I'm saying? And so that's that's my self-care check-in for today is to challenge that narrative. You don't have to exist in that space anymore. Give yourself permission to exist in a new space. Give yourself permission to have a new narrative. It's yours. It's your life. It's your reality. It's your vision. It's literally whatever you want it to be. And when you think about it that way, you won't want to limit yourself anymore to the negative narrative that you have sold yourself. Okay. Ooh, y'all, I felt that. I, I'm going to take a break, sip my coffee. Okay. That was a word. And I say that was a word because as I was talking, I got this sensation that ran through my body, uh, almost like chills. And I was like, ooh, this isn't me. <laughs> this message was supposed to happen in this moment, but it wasn't necessarily the message that I was going for in its full extent. And I can recognize that. Okay. Ooh, child. All right, so we've got the self-care check-in. Let's move on to the special shout-outs. So I mentioned that this one this month was Women's Month. Last episode, shout-out was for women, and specifically the women that have graced the stage of Cope for the Culture, who have delivered their, their greatness, who have delivered their knowledge, their expertise. I can't express more gratitude than what I already have for them. So with this week, I wanted to go within the same realm of the shout out for like the group of people and not necessarily like just women specifically. But I want to take a minute to recognize all of my civil rights activists, whether that's lawyers, whether that's politicians, whether that's active, like whatever it looks like. And I'm not talking about politicians in this in the sense of they're just in the game to get what they want and that's it. I'm talking about the people who are on the front lines, the people who risk their lives, the people who go and make policy changes so that we can have the opportunity to feel equal. 
that we're not just talking diversity and inclusion, but we're actually fighting for it. Those are the people that I'm talking about this week. And as I get into today's episode, it's going to make more sense why I am sh- why I am shouting them out. But I want you to know that I see you. I want you to know that I appreciate you. I want you to know that your work is valuable and that there is no amount of money, in my personal opinion, that can compensate for that. Because what you are fighting for is something that the world is dead set on us not having. And when I say us, y'all, y'all know who my people are. My heart, my family, my black people, my people of color. Okay? And so the fact that you fight for us on a daily basis, the fact that you use your voice and do all that you can to make it known, to highlight who we are as people, and to fight for our existence in this world. Y'all are the true MVPs, the GOAT, whatever reference or name that you want to use. That is who y'all are. And I I greatly appreciate it. And I say that because I know it is not an easy task. It is not an easy job. It requires a lot of you. It requires a lot of your energy. It requires a lot of your effort. It requires a lot of your life sometimes. And I know you guys don't always get the recognition and the support, but I see you and I appreciate you. And as long as you are able to and it still feels good to you, continue the good fight. Keep fighting for us. We have so far to go, but man, we have come far too. And so I just want to say that and I shout y'all out and I thank y'all. Okay. for today like I said earlier we are wrapping up season three we're coming down the home stretch with the last few episodes before we head out this thing and prepare for season four and today I come to you to talk about representation and specifically the fact that representation matters now I know this is a topic that has been circulating around the internet social media the news Whatever platform that it can exist, it has existed and it has been talked about. I know some of us are quite tired of having this conversation. And (laughs) I'm going to save my comment on that because I don't understand how people can be tired of this conversation. Because that truly, to me, shows the true colors of what you think. But I'm going to leave that alone because that's not what today is about. However... I know people are reaching their max and their cap with this conversation, but I wanted to come at it a little differently. And just as anything else that is discussed on this show related to our mental health and why it is so important to have representation. And it's wild to me, to be quite honest, that we are in 2021 And we still have to fight so hard for something as simple as representation. And I'm not talking about representation in the sense of a token hire. I'm not talking representation in the pursuit of diversifying your company. I'm not talking about it in that way. I'm talking about true representation. 
and that may stump some people like what do you mean putting <laughs> putting certain people in positions is not representation I say that to say now the person who is accepting the role may be accepting it from a place of recognizing that by them being in that space they are providing representation however what I mean is that I know in my heart of hearts that there are some companies in this world who hire people simply for the sake of meeting a quota and to acknowledge that they quote unquote have the diversity in their space and that is not always true or the case so I'll say that and I'll just leave that there but let, let's get into representation matters I, I've said it before and I'll probably say it again at all times all behavior is modeled and learned all of it is modeled and learned. Hate is modeled and learned. Love is modeled and learned. Violence is modeled and learned. Like, I can, the list goes on. But anything that we are doing, any, any space that we are existing in, it is something that at some point we have seen and adopted into our, our toolbox, right? And so when we think about representation matters, of course, I did my research because y'all know a girl loves some good research. But I also learned this in school. <laughs> but anyway, representation matters um, brought me to the social learning theory. And for those of you who haven't had the chance to take psychology classes or be a psychology major or a human development major or whatever it was that you took in school, if you haven't had access to this, the social learning theory was a theory proposed by Albert Bandura. And within this theory, he, he emphasizes the importance of observing and modeling behavior. And from his perspective, he feels that, like I said earlier, all behavior is learned and it considers how both environmental and cognitive factors interact to influence human learning and behavior. So let's think about that theory for a second. And let's think about the makeup of our world. Let's think about the fact that we exist in a reality where we had to create laws for little black girls and little black boys or any other person of color to go to school and wear their hair in the natural way that it grows from their head. Think about that for a second. Think about the fact that that's even a thought. It, it, and I'm, I'm pausing because it's really baffling to me when I think about the amount of effort that goes into taking the opportunity away from people to be human. We hold people accountable for things that they cannot control. Our society, we know, was born and bred and raised off of racism and bigotry and hate. We know all those things. And we know that when it came to the view of beauty, when it came to the view of what makes a person attractive, we know 
that the reference we have is from the people who created the society that we currently live in. So much so that it took for us to get into the year of 2020 for it finally to be acceptable and okay and have to be a law to wear your hair and the way that it grows out of your head. If we're thinking about representation matters and why it's so important, and I'm not against weaves, I, I'll, listen, I'll get a sewing in a second if that's what I want, okay? I'll get braids in a second if that's what I want. I'll get any hairstyle in a second if that's what I want. However, what I'm saying is when we consider straightening our hair, when we consider having these installs and these different hairstyles that we have adopted into black culture when we think about it if we go way 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 back to my girl madam cj walker and the creation of her hair products and the reason why she created those hair products is that is so we would have an opportunity to experience beauty in the way that white people have designed it to be created that was that was the vision not just that but to set her family up and to have an opportunity to have a different life to experience freedom amongst many other things but the view of beauty in that point in time was not our hair it was not the way that we looked it wasn't our nose it wasn't our body it wasn't anything that we had to offer but it was also those same bodies those same things that they told us were not beautiful those were also the same things that they used to pleasure themselves backwards right so let me flash back or flash forward again bring us back to the 21st century if we're thinking about that how do you think that affects little boys and little girls growing up in this world if you have to fight so hard to just exist and to just walk around with the features that you were born with, whether that is your lips, your nose, the structure of your jawline, your cheekbones, whatever the case may be, those are things that you were born with. Why do you have to advocate for that? Who gave us permission? Not even us, who gave them permission? to represent the world in a way that only magnifies them. Black culture is so beautiful. So beautiful, not even just black culture, okay? Latin culture, Hispanic culture, like so many, like there, there are so many other great things outside of just white culture, but that's what shapes our society. And each day we're walking in a world where we have to change certain parts of ourselves to exist in this space. It brings me back to the episode when I talked about code switching and coping in corporate America. And it's the same thing. You have to switch your voice on and off. You have to switch your dialect on and off. You have to switch the way you dress on and off. You have to switch the way you wear your hair on and off. But if we take a second and we really had the opportunity to have representation and to understand why it matters, then we would be in a space where we wouldn't have to argue for these things. It wouldn't be a scenario where laws would need to be created because representation would already be there. We would be able to look into these spaces, look into politics, 
look into big businesses, look into what's on the TV, and we would see people that look like us. And not just look like us, but look like us in our natural states. Look like us as the people that we were born here to be. And this is no shade to anyone, but even considering the plastic surgery, and I know some people are not going to agree with me on this, and your money is your money, your body is your body, you have the right to change things as you please, that is on you. However, what I am saying is, I truly believe from my experience and from the knowledge that I have in the world of psychology, in the world of mental health, that cosmetology plastic surgeons they make hella money based on the fact that they know they have sold a certain image of beauty and we have bought it the more that i'm talking here somebody hit me up um shout out to q he has his own podcast as well him monk and uh angry man with his mean self but he hit me up last week and he said you know when you did the independent woman episode i could really feel the emotion in your voice Like, I knew you truly meant that episode, and his words are exactly how I feel today. Like, I don't even know that I'm doing this topic justice. All I know that is that I'm speaking to it from my heart, I'm speaking to it from the knowledge that I have, but I'm also speaking to it from a place of hurt and, like, just confusion because I, I don't get it. I don't understand hate. I don't understand bigotry. I don't understand. (laughs) And I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but I'm going to circle it back. But I don't understand how we have to fight in schools to even have black history taught. And that for some people, they feel like if we teach black history that we're washing away white history, I guess, which is what we've always learned, is what we've always known. But how do you... For my, for, my, for my guests of different ethnicities and different cultures and different races, not guests, but my listeners, if you are not Black and you are listening, imagine living in a world where in order to be equal, when you're fighting for that equalness, that people flip it and tell you that you are being racist and that you are teaching hate and breeding hate by wanting your story to also be told. It's something about America and our superiority complex that puts us in a space of feeling like, <laughs> not not even us as in me, but it's something about the superiority, the superiority complex in America that makes them feel like they can make up all the rules and all, all of the things. And I, I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for right now. I feel myself getting frustrated because this is something that really, truly bothers me. And maybe I can't find the words because it don't make sense. It, it just, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense. Why does representation matter? It matters because it shapes our view and our image of ourselves in the world. Representation matters because it shapes our identities. When we don't see people who look like us doing things in in major positions and successful positions, if we don't see people who look like us being their true selves, then that passes the message back to us that that's not possible. You see what I'm saying? People can say whatever they want to say about Kamala Harris, 
But the fact is, that is a black woman, a black and Asian woman, if I'm not mistaken, who is in the White House serving in a position of leadership. She is the first. It has never been done. And I understand that people don't necessarily agree with everything in her political history, her track record, what she's done, what she stood for, what she's done with, uh, we know, we know all the backlash she gets. However, we can't take away from the fact that little girls sitting at home being able to see her, and back in 2008, little boys sitting at home being able to see Barack Obama, that tells them something that they've never seen before in their life. It tells them that it's possible. And we need more of that in this world. We're, we're, we are raising a new generation of people who exist in the world that we have created. And my question to us is, is the world that we created a world where we want our children to exist? And I'll be the first to tell you that this world right here, this current one, this one where people are belittled and beaten down and ridiculed and criticized just for being the skin color that they walked out of their mother's womb with, that world, I don't want that world for my kids. And so when we're talking about representation matters, it goes deep. It's deeper than just somebody's skin color. Okay? It it matters because this is how people function in the world. This is how they view themselves. This is how they become the best version of themselves. Remember early on I was talking about the self-care check-in and the negative narrative? Think about the negative narrative that little black girls, little black boys, little Hispanic boys, little Hispanic girls, little Latin boys, little Latin girls, little Asian. I can go on. The list goes on. Think about the narratives that they have created. Let's think about the coronavirus and the amount of violence it has put on the Asian society and culture. Think about that. What are they being represented for? Coronavirus. But that's not who they are as people. You see what I'm saying? So it's... We have to do something different. We have to be more than what history has shown us. We have to be more than what we have placed into these history books for our children to learn. And the fact is, the gag is, we are more. And as we move through this world, as we heighten our awareness, as we become more cognizant of of the veils and the mirrors that exist, and we allow ourselves to tear those things down, the closer we get to being the people that we're called to be. And it's so funny to me. Um, whenever I go into recording an episode, I genuinely have to convince myself <laughs> to record it. And when I was sitting up this morning and I was thinking about recording it, I had so many feelings come up. And I didn't know what to do with the feelings. I didn't know how to move forward. It honestly almost kept me from recording this today, but I was like, no, you've put it off long enough. Let's do it. Let's get to it. But it's funny because it's almost like mentally I prepare myself to be in this space because I know how passionate I am about these topics. And just the way that I feel right now is is mind-blowing to me. Like, we have to be more than the fake diversity, the fake inclusion. We have to be more than that. 
I don't want any company to want me for the sake of, oh, we need to fill this quota. And I'll be honest and say that I have been in that position and I have been hired because they were looking for a black clinician. And why did I accept that role? Because I know that there are little black boys and black girls who are looking for a therapist that looks like them. Little Latina girls who are looking for a therapist that looks like them. I knew that. And so you may think you're hiring me for one thing, but whole time, I got a different mission. We think therapy is all about talking and, you know, whatever whatever stigma you want to put behind therapy. But a big part in therapy is the relationship and the rapport that you are able to establish with your therapist. And if you're trying to establish a relationship with a therapist that doesn't understand your views, it doesn't understand your culture, they don't understand where you come from, they don't understand your lingo, and they don't make an effort to try to understand, that puts you way behind in the therapeutic process. Because here you are once again in another environment where you are having to put yourself in a position to seem worthy of the space. Mm. Y'all. I'm talking today, okay? I can feel it. Like, I, I wish I could describe this sensation for you. And I hope that y'all are picking up what I'm putting down. I hope y'all are seeing why it is so important for us to recognize and and to be diligent about it. And, you know, representation doesn't just have to exist in the world. It's important to exist in the world. But I think a big part of the work that we have to do until the world reflects what we see within our own selves, we have to be the teachers. We have to be the representation. When we take on certain positions, especially those of us who work with children or who work in human services, We have to know the charge that we're taking. And for parents who are raising children in this world, the representation they learn starts with you. The view of how they feel about themselves and what's deemed to be acceptable comes from you. So we may not be able to change society all in a day, but what we can do is change the structure of our families, break down the ideals that we have created around beauty, break down the separation of children based on the shade of their blackness. That starts with us. There's a long, long history. We did an episode on colorism this season. There's a long history of that within our families, within the relationships that we share with the people we love. So yes, representation exists within society, but it also exists within your home. What is the narrative that you're giving to your children about how they view themselves? What is the narrative that you're giving to them about who they can be in this world? What is the narrative that you're giving to them about their limitations? Are you allowing them to exist in the space that is truly meant for them? Are you knocking down their dreams because it doesn't exist in the ideal way that you thought that they would or in a way that they would set them up or put them further than the next white person. We got to think about all of these things. We know the media doesn't represent our children well. It doesn't represent us well. For women, girls and women, we're over-sexualized. 
for boys and men, they're made into criminals or thugs. And so if we know that's the view that the world is already going to have on them, it's very important in these developmental stages of a child of a child's life and their growth that we start that narrative early, that we celebrate the things that make them them. We don't make them feel bad for wanting to exist as themselves. We don't try to change them into something that feels more comfortable for us or that's more palatable for us. Because at the end of the day, yes, our children are our children, but they aren't us and we aren't them. And we can't expect them to be who we are and vice versa. I know it's gonna take a while. I know, I know it's gonna take a while, but I also know that it starts with us too. And that we, the world has shown us that we can't necessarily rely on them to move in the time frame that we want them to. So we have to make the efforts on our own accord. And yeah, I I think this is all I have for today, y'all. <laughs> I'll be honest and say that this this episode took a lot of energy out of me and it was honestly why I was very uh, apprehensive about recording it because it really does make me upset. It, it makes me upset. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take care of yourselves, you guys. If it's heavy for me after this episode, it may be heavy for you too. So take whatever you need to feel complete, to feel okay and to move through your day, okay? As for me, I'm about to hop on my yoga mat and release some of this tension, and I'll edit this podcast episode later because that's my business, and I'm trying to take care of myself. But for y'all, I appreciate y'all for rocking with me. I appreciate y'all for rocking with me through all my imperfections, all all of my anxiety, all of my moments of second guessing and questioning the content that I put here on this podcast. I think I'm existing more in the space of not questioning the work that I do because I know that it's needed and I know that it's necessary. It's more so the impact now for me. What impact am I making? I know what my purpose is. I'm just, you know, we always wonder whether or not we're aligned with that purpose. So on that note, y'all, I love y'all. I truly do. You're beautiful in whatever space you are in your life right now. It's okay to be you. You don't have to be anybody else. Your ideal or idea of beauty exists within you. And nobody else needs to compliment or validate that. Okay? And on that note, y'all, for real, I'm out this thing. Bye, y'all. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. It's Tiana Renee here. To make sure you stay up to date on all information related to Cope for the Culture, be sure to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at Cope for the Culture Podcast, Twitter at Cope, the number four, the culture, and on Facebook at Cope for the Culture Podcast. As always, I appreciate you for tuning in. Bye, y'all.